0: At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read
1: my lips. Government, Government is not the solution to our, our problem at so all. Well. 73 good my morning, I can in America. Well, Big us translation. Yes, we can. Uh, Government is, is the, the problem. problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal.
0: My name's Tim, I'm a conservative.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check us out on our website at libcon.podbean.com. We're in the iTunes store. We're in the Google store. We're on Stitcher. Buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. Check out the trailer for Sphere of Influence, a film by my production company at sphereofinfluencemovie.com. And if you're in Nebraska or you know anyone in Nebraska, go tell them to download our show because that's our state for this week. This week, we need to get somebody from Nebraska, (laughs) and we still need somebody from Wyoming. So, Nebraska, Wyoming, you're on the clock. Download our show. If you have friends in one of those two states, call them and give them our website. Tonight, we're going to talk about the, well, I don't know what the hell happened. Just everything happened. In the, just, you know, this whole, we're going to talk about it. With the election and all this stuff, it's just, you know, there's just, it's, it's everything blew up and it's been kind of awesome to watch. Or you've been mortified. One of the two. Take your pick. Uh, and then we are going to have that little NATO discussion that we dealt, that we sort of bailed on last week. But we just we have a lot to cover, especially with regard to the election. So uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump on that. How are you, Boo? Please,
0: please don't call me that. Why not? I don't know. It's awkward.
1: That is. It is awkward. But it's no more awkward than seeing Anderson Cooper actually have to say the word pussy
0: which that was um, awkward nowhere yes. near as awkward as watching mary j blige sing a bruce sing, sing song bruce spring sing song to hillary clinton
1: yes it was yes that was terribly that awkward.
0: was awkward and god bless john oliver i'll just <sighs> get that out there yes how much i love and enjoy him he's fantastic
1: it <laughs> really was a great show
0: it really all of them are oh my god
1: yeah uh man okay Uh, as you were
0: sorry just yeah no (laughs)
1: continue (laughs) while we're talking about awkward things um well let's just let's just go with a recap so friday everything's cool right you know i'm sitting down i'm having my dinner i'm gonna watch some baseball you know what the cubs are going to the national league championship series Mm -hmm. just got to get that out there did you see any of the games
0: I did not. That this, this
1: this last one was was was, was fantastic because they were sort of sleepwalking through it, and then all of a sudden they woke up in the ninth inning and scored four runs in the top of the ninth, and that was it was. And then Oraldis came in, and anyway, it was awesome. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm I'm sitting down. I'm having my dinner. I'm going to watch some baseball, and then all of a sudden, the video hits, and and CNN just goes nuts, and then. So all night long, I'm watching this the the Trump people scrambling and and uh, and uh, when Trump's statement came out, and there were like camp, people camping out at Trump Tower, and Chris Christie's walking in with like a hoodie and a Mets a Mets hoodie or something, and uh, it was just it was just so surreal as as though this was like a matter of national security breaking open, and it was really just outrage over the fact that someone caught a presidential nominee saying pussy. I mean, it's a little bit more than that, but you know, and, but Wait, then there what? was the, you know, no, that's not it. That, I'm, 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 did that's you a jo- joke? That's a joke. That's a joke. okay. That's a joke. That's right. okay. It's okay. Continue.
0: Breathe, breathe. That's fine. Hashtag rape culture. Keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hashtag repeal the 19th. Um. Okay
0: if you seeing that one, that one. No, yeah. oh my god
1: <laughs> anyway uh i you know what i i don't even you know i i could do my liberal outrage thing which there's been a lot of over the last few days i i don't th- this is my thought on the tape one it, it didn't surprise me in in any way at all donald trump is icky he's always been icky uh it, it, it's not surprising that it came out now. That's why they call it an October surprise. Uh, I, I I don't... Uh, it, does, it changes nothing for me at all. I couldn't have disliked Trump more going into that tape. You pull the tape out, pretend it doesn't exist, and I still think the man's not qualified to be president, so done. But there's no denying that his numbers are, for the most part, tanked ever since. So... I, I don't know. Do you do you actually want? Do you have anything that you want to say about the tape? I mean, it does it. Did it surprise you, at all?
0: No, no. Of course it didn't. I, this is and, and but I guess that would be the one thing that I do want to highlight and point out. And it's you know one of the things I thoroughly enjoyed about John Oliver's show. Uh, he talked about how you've got all these Republicans now. Who are backing away from him, right? Ryan's backed away from him, McCain's backed away from him, they're pulling their endorsements, they shocked, they can't believe it. Uh and they make it, they, they seem to be wanting to make it appear that they can't be held responsible for what this man says. But you know what? I I disagree. They are responsible. Everyone knew, like you said, you're not surprised, I'm not surprised. Half of America isn't surprised. We all could see who this man was and our party turned a blind eye to it and a solid and a solid block, a large block of, of the Republican electorate. It's still turning a blind eye to it. So they are all responsible for what this man has done and what this man has said. And the fact that he is still potentially going to be the president of the United States.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and the, the one thing that, and, and I was, I, I was kidding about the, the idea that, uh, that the outrage over the fact that he, that he, he's, that he said the word, I'm not even going to say that word. Okay. The man said pussy. So that that's, it's not, I am, I was joking and that that was what the outrage was, but what I was outraged about by the response is that, that this was the line and that's what bugs me is that all of this uh, it's like you said they knew we all knew and all of this other stuff that he said the race baiting the sexism the 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 apocalyptic crap the conspiracy theories the birtherism all of that stuff that was all okay that was all fine but this this was just a bridge too far
0: now, and I guess this, can't this see. was the
1: line. This was where that really now all of a sudden now he's now he's talking about doing dirty shit to to to, to, to white girls. And now that's when that's well, that's just too much. We can't have that.
0: that Ooh, that doing the white girl thing. Well, I'm, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess that's I, I can see where you're headed with that. I can see what you're saying now. He has been hating on white girls a lot as well. I mean, it's been Meghan very nice Kelly. to Megan Kelly she yeah <laughs> it's what I hear she, she's like super white so <laughs> I I mean but I I do see where this was above and beyond you know because he wasn't at least the way the tape sounds now of course Trump is gonna go back and he's gonna say it's just locker room talk uh, of course he never did anything like that but I mean it's the same old problem with him you know he you can't tell when he's joking you can't tell when he's being sarcastic. Um, in the in the tape he definitely makes it sound like this is something that he does that he has done and continues to do um so I I can see where this is worse because now you're not just degrading women now you're talking about actually sexually assaulting them so that's that is a whole nother level Uh, and and fortunately we of a society have become uh, a thousand times more sensitive to that and there's there is um a lot of pushback against the rape culture. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of the, the athletes who have said not in our locker room, um, you know, LeBron James and, and Colin Kaepernick for, for two of them. So I do see where this was and, a step and beyond Jacob,
1: Jacob Tammy, who is a uh, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, good old Kentucky boy and a hardcore Republican.
0: Nice. Good for you, Jacob, Tammy, um, so I, I do see where this was a step beyond, but the idea that this just came out of nowhere. Oh my gosh. No, we all knew who he was. We all knew what we all knew the way that he, we all knew what his views on women were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I guess that's been, that's been the thing that's, that, that's, that's bugged me. The the other stuff that, that has really, uh, I mean, there's been a lot this week that sort of struck me as fascinating, but watching Watching the Trump people suddenly pivot back to, I just wish we could talk about the issues in this election. Why do we have to talk about all this dirty sexual stuff? And uh, you know what? Y'all were really rushing to go bring all this up before for Bill Clinton before. And now all of a sudden it's out about Trump. And now we can't talk about it. Now your little now your little feelings are offended. You know? Yeah,
0: don't give me uh, don't give me policies. But don't give me oh, there's so much negativity coming from their campaign. When his entire campaign from the get go, before he even turned to Hillary Clinton, has been focused on name calling and scandals and ridiculousness. Um, he has never been about the issues. No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, no, he hasn't, and, and 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 while we're on the subject of, of Republicans standing by, which they've done their share, and you know what, that was one of the things that was great about Obama's speech tonight at the Democratic State Dinner in Ohio, was that he he called out Republican leadership over that, that good, and and it was and it was really good the way that he did it, and you absolutely should go out and watch it, and but it, because it was not in this, it was in the sense of what the hell are you doing? This isn't helping the country. You know, because he he said, again, over and over again, something that he has said hundreds of times throughout his presidency. He needs a strong, a good two-party system. And he wants to see the GOP do better than they've been doing. Um, but, and now I've totally lost my train of thought. Um, but, no, there was the... the, the and, and oddly enough, this point came out of Corey Lewandowski tonight on CNN. Where... Where were all of the, because, I mean, about half the stuff that's come out, okay, the Access Hollywood thing is new, and then some of the women that have come out since the debate uh, as making accusations, those are new. But, like, all of that stuff that got published by CNN and by a bunch of other news outlets with all the interviews that he gave years ago saying things to this effect, all of that talking to Howard Stern, which, dear God.
0: Yeah, that's
1: gross. Uh, ugh, Uh, 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 where was all this during the, during the Republican primary? Jeb Bush spent $150 million. He couldn't pick up the phone and call Howard Stern. Really? All he needed was that. They just needed to put that out there during the campaign, during the primary. And the guy was done, but no, again, Republican leadership dropped the ball. And now we have this shit storm. Look,
0: maybe, maybe this guy was done. I'm sorry. As much as I do enjoy, at this point, bashing the Republican leadership for their backing Trump, our electorate voted for him. And while maybe this didn't come out, this specific thing, there was plenty of stuff along this line during the primary, and none of it stuck. And I'm sorry, I am not convinced that if he had come out and said things of this nature during the primary that we would not have still nominated him as, as our candidate I'm not well, convinced
1: that's 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 a fair point does this make you okay because a lot of this like McCain finally backed actually did withdraw his endorsement good for John McCain. He shouldn't have made it in the
0: first place. Not really. Not really. I'm no, sorry. he
1: actually did. He he came out and said, "I am not going to endorse and I am not going to vote for Donald Trump." I'm no, I know he did, it. but
0: I'm saying I'm 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 saying not good for you. Not good for you. Well, you should have done it. You should have done it six months ago. You, you should have done it a year ago. Like I mean, it. No, I refuse to say good for you for a single Republican who is now withdrawing their support from Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, that that's actually not what I was saying. So, sorry. Please you know, continue. It, it's okay. Feel free to be outraged. Because my question is is that you have all these people. I don't think it makes them look any better. I thought all of those retractions that started coming out Friday night, Saturday morning, Jason Chaffetz is might have who I don't like, but he he might have been the best of them of just putting down drawing the line because they were all after he did there was this avalanche of I have a wife, I have a daughter now I have a mother. I have a sister.
0: Do we, do we even have our own ideas, or do we just steal from John Oliver the entire, I don't, the entire
1: I don't, show? I, 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 me?
0: No. Oh, did you say? Oh, this was it, all his as well. I'm sorry. Was Continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: no, and all of that. But my, my point is is that, uh, yes, we have our own ideas. Would you stop? <laughs> all, all 50 <laughs> of these people are going to stop listening. Um, and how are we ever going to get Wyoming with talk like that?
0: That's true. I'm sorry. Um, God, We're funnier bless. than him. We're better. Continue. <laughs> my
1: my point is, is that does that in in your case, because you have all these people that have retracted, but then you have a lot of people out there that haven't actually pulled back any endorsements. Namely Ryan. Um and Pence is still on the ticket and McConnell hasn't pulled his endorsement, neither is Rand Paul. Some of these people are people that I know, particularly Ryan, that I know that you respect does this change your feelings on them at all?
0: Well, let, let's, well, one, let's be clear on this, that this idea I, I respect, like I I like, I, I have liked Ryan's a, a lot of his ideas. I like that. He's a policy guy. Um, you know, I, I did like all of those things, but I think I was pretty clear when he chose to back Trump that a lot of that respect had vanished. Um, so, just as I'm not going to say, woohoo, good for you, John McCain, for, for taking out your support, now all of a sudden I'm going to fall back in love with you. Uh, Ryan's non committal, non endorsing, but not endorsing thing that he's done uh, doesn't make me feel any more one way or another about him. I mean, he, okay. yeah, he, yeah, lo- that's, that's he lost that respect right. the moment that he decided to back Trump. John, John John Huntsman lost that lost my respect the moment he decided yeah. to back Donald Trump yeah. um, whether they're pulling it now or not it isn't really going to affect my uh, my respect for them the only thing it's doing is making me glad that it seems like it seems very unlikely at this point that he would become president so I am grateful for that uh, but that's as far as I'll go
1: Trump has gone effectively scorched earth since after since the post-debate period he is unloaded on everybody he's unloaded on ryan uh, uh, all the people that uh, basically the entire republican leadership aside from ryan's Priebus, um who i don't think is going to be the head of the republican party for very long after all this um and now he's out he's been saying he said some pretty hardcore stuff the last couple of days that is straight out of the that is he, he might as well just be reading breitbart top to bottom And there are a massive chunk of people, not surprisingly, who are refusing to believe any of this. You know, this is all manufactured. The Clintons made it up. Why is it coming out now? Again, I said, this is why they call it an October surprise, people. Everybody that was out for Trump was dying to even running around saying there would be an October surprise about Hillary Clinton. And you know what? It wasn't about Hillary Clinton, it was about Trump. And sorry, you lost, but that's the deal. What worries me, is that a lot of these people are really I'm like he he is he they were convinced anyway that America as a whole is really backing Donald Trump. And the only thing that's going to keep them from backing Donald from elect that is going to keep Donald Trump from being elected is this vast liberal conspiracy of elites and money and power who don't want him and all of this is being done to discredit him. And I am not really afraid of election day right now. I'm a little worried about the day after if, and when he does lose,
0: are you? No, no, I, I, I don't think so. I'm not horribly concerned. I mean, there, there's a big difference between, People being pissed and and all this crap that goes on before election day and, and some sort of armed revolution, you know. Uh, I, I think I was far more concerned for the safety of President Obama in those first those for that first little bit. Um, I'm, still,
1: I, I'm still concerned. Than
0: I am concerned for the safety of Hillary Clinton. I I don't think now. I mean, it's possible I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I. I don't think so. And and all of this stuff helps, you know, I mean, if it was, if the polls were showing it as neck and neck and he lost, then, then I think there would, might be more of an issue, but at this point, I I don't think so.
1: Well, and it's, it's still a little bit of, of, of the echo chamber that I think a lot of these people live in that is similar to, you know, everybody always goes back to that, that famous quote from Pauline Kale back in the seventies, the, the New York times film critic, uh, who could not fathom the idea that McGovern had lost because everyone she knew was voting for McGovern. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of that going on on, on the Trump side of things on that note, Trump is tanked in the polls. I mean, he's absolutely tanked. Hillary really hasn't. Hillary is actually a bright about where she was, which is around 48%. um, but Trump's numbers have gone way down and they're still falling. So, I mean, they got helped a little bit by the debate. Um, what, what did, what did you, what did you think of the debate?
0: I mean, I, I mean, most of it's all, most of it's the same, right? Like, I mean, it, it, watching them in the first debate was the same as just watching them do their individual speeches. Uh, and the second debate I felt like was the, the same way. Hillary was Hillary. Trump was Trump. Nothing new there, really. They both, you know, Trump shouted a lot of accusations. Hillary deflected most of them. Hillary stayed calm. Trump got pretty in your face and interrupted a lot. Trump accused the moderators of being three against one. Uh, you know, it, when it he was actually got 60
1: same. seconds longer to talk than she did.
0: Oh, is that the final? Yeah. By the, the final, final, th- final
1: count. He talked longer than she did. You know, I, I, I mean, I, one thing I was, thing that was far I more was... shocked
0: by the vice presidential debate than I have been by anything that I've seen in the, the presidential ones.
1: Really? The only thing that, that that the one thing that I noticed that it was was the line about the and the I'm going to appoint a special prosecutor and put you in jail. Sort of that was right out of the Chrissy playbook. And it's almost like he and Chris Christie must have sat down and 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 made him memorize that line.
0: Uh, really, that was Christie's I mean, line. I had, I, to, be. had to. Oh, be. you just I feel had, like it was. It wasn't. No, that I don't know that for sure. That but it. I feel like said, it had
1: to be because I feel like okay. I heard Chris Christie say something to that effect at least four times okay. during all the other Republican debates.
0: Had well, I mean, be. I mean, for me, the jail comment was the most disturbing, just because of how closely it mirrors. The sorts of things that we see in uh, authoritarian countries with a lot more and uh, gener- usually a lot more struggles than, than our own country. Uh, you know, this idea that the, the group that gets in power will put the other group into jail. You know, I think that was one of the wiser things that Obama did that despite, you know, the, the siren calls of the, of the far left. He didn't try to pursue any sort of uh, jail terms or trials or special investigations of Bush and people within his administration uh, because no. he knew he knew what that could lead to, uh, and he didn't go down that road. And I think that's, that speaks very highly of him. Uh, and so for me, the, that jail comment was one of the more disturbing because I feel like that now you're messing with the very foundation of our democracy that if you don't win, you can wind up in jail, you know? Um, well, but that, he's been doing it. a lot of that.
1: And that's what bothers me about some of the, some of the other stuff is that, you know, I also, a part of that foundation is this idea that if you do lose, then you bow out gracefully. And again, with, and this whole idea of a peaceful transfer of power, Mm-hmm. I don't trust him to do that.
0: I just no, well, don't. and he has said that he won't. That there will be no bowing out gracefully. You know, he is—he's—he's he's a winner, and uh, you know. Uh, so, there there yeah. were some interesting, vaguely policy-like things in there. Uh, one, the the constant reference to the serial line in the sand, um, which, while I will say that Obama messed up there and that he never should have put that line there in the first place, uh, Congress is also guilty for effing that up because one of Obama's things when he came in was that, you know, Bush overstepped his executive powers with going into the war and that requires Congress's approval as well which is something that our Republican Congress I think says on a regular basis that they they should be having approval rights on this stuff. He went to Congress for approval to attack Syria um, for using the gases on their own citizens and Congress refused. They would not vote for it. Um, And they gave excuses for why they would and they wouldn't, but they're just as guilty as Obama for letting that line in the sand fail. Um, Yeah. Funny how that never comes up. It never comes up. So Obama, after he gave them the vote, he had a choice to either ignore what Congress had said and do it anyway. In which case we would have heard nonstop claims that he was being an emperor and dictator Obama, uh, or back down from the line in the sand. So, you know, in, in the end, the, the, the problem is that he made the line in the sand, I think. Um, but Congress is just as guilty as him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not a fan of the whole line in the sand thing. Always worries me. I, I, I just don't think that it's a good. I, I, I never think it's a good move. You know, H.W. Uh, Bush got into trouble for it. Um you know uh, and, and it, it just has never it seems like there were um, dozens of different lines in the sands sand over the years over Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, it just it's one of those things that throughout history it just never seems to go well yeah so why he did that always sort of sort of baffled me, but yeah, you're right. The congressional thing, just again, odd how that never really seems to come never up in Republican out. circles. Um,
0: Another thing that I'll say from a policy standpoint is that I, I agree with Hillary's analysis of ACA far more than I agree with Trump's. Uh, our, our, our healthcare system was broken already. And the ACA while imperfect did make important steps. You, you can't argue with, the fantastic uh, change that, is, that it has affected for those in the poverty range, right? For those making less than 40000 this has been huge. And the sheer number of people who are now able to have health care, everything that it did for people with pre-existing conditions, the dropping of the lifetime limits... Um, not allowing companies to charge women more. These were huge. And you can't just say, we're going to get rid of all of this because then you get rid of those things as well. Um, now, it has, obviously, it's causing issues from a premium standpoint for the mid to upper middle class and beyond. And those things need to be addressed. And Hillary talks about that. So I, I like her nuanced response to ACA far more than I like Trump's.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, we've, we've talked about this on several occasions. We both see the ACA as, as stopping the bleeding, if nothing else, you know, Mm -hmm. needing to, you know, as being a starting point, not at the beginning and not the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, my it was sort of the point that I was trying to make last week of you know, the why the idea of dismantling something like connect bothered me, which you, I mean, but honestly, your point is well taken as well. Um, but just this idea of dismantling this thing really at all, uh, in and of itself, it, it's it, it baffles me a little bit, but you know, it's different, it's one of those things that's very different at the state level than it is at the federal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I I think that I think that Hillary's thoughts on the one of the things that Hillary is being very politic on is her actual thoughts on the ACA. Because I would bet you that she's less happy with that. She may be more in line with what Bill slipped and and said last week, but she can't come out and say that because what she doesn't want to do is one throw Obama under the bus and two. She doesn't. She understands that you can't just ditch it. You've got to try to fix it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that I, again, I think that's what she was saying. And I and I, I I did appreciate that. I mean, I I I I thought when the policy stuff came up, I thought it was. I I, I thought there were a lot of things out of her that I liked. Uh, you know, I just not a lot of substance from him for the most part. I, I mean, there were some moments in there where he had some, I, I think I remember thinking that, okay, that's not bad, but I was just, you know, the, the whole thing, I, I was just so off put by the entire deal that it was very hard to get past some of the other things and really pay attention to the policy stuff. Yeah. Um, while we're on the subject of Hillary, what is getting buried? And I'll admit to a certain extent it is getting buried because it's not getting talked about a whole lot is all of the new emails and all the WikiLeaks stuff. Because there has, along with the Access Hollywood tape, there were a bunch of emails dropped there from John Podesta, uh, her campaign manager. I've, I've read some analyses of them. I've read some of them. What I saw in them, and what a lot of the analysis that I've read has agreed with me, is that this is... It does not paint a flattering picture of the behind the scenes politics. There is no smoking gun to anything really, but it does it does show that you know because a lot of the most of the emails that I read that I've seen and I haven't really heard any any direct email contact between Podesta and Hillary. this is all her minions behind the scenes doing things,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: so it's not. It was just proof to me that politics is messy and that the, the way that if you want to know how the that the way the sausage gets made, you probably don't want to know. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did some of what, what I saw in there bother me a little bit? But these are these are things that are intended to be private. And to me, there is a difference between things that are intended to be private when you have every reason to believe that they're going to be private and that what you say in private is different. And it's different from what Trump said on the Access Hollywood thing because Donald Trump's a media personality. He was working with a news show. If he's, You cannot tell me that he was not aware of the concept of a hot mic. You just can't. If you're working with news people, then you have to believe at every second that everything you're saying is getting recorded. That's it. He's smart enough to know that. But with the emails to me it's different at least in this case. I I don't know. What 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 do you think?
0: Well, well, yes, you know, you, what you say in private can sometimes be different, but if what you're saying in private reveals you to be a racist bigoted prick, then it doesn't really matter, right? Like I mean, I you know, so I, that said, I I I agree with what you said along the lines of None of this seems to be directly connected with Hillary. You know, this is her minions on the ground uh, talking about groups who disagree with them uh, in in a negative way. But I I didn't find anything horrible, uh, horribly insulting about the stuff that they said. Um, because if they had, then I, I would agree that you know. That's not good. I mean, you can't you can't just say, "Oh, I thought it was private, so I can say whatever I want." Like, no, I I don't necessarily agree with that. Some some things are wrong to say, whether they're private or public. Um, but this was them talking about the very some of the groups that are obviously opposed to them, and they didn't always talk about them in a flattering way. Uh, shocking! I, I refuse to believe that the emails between Trump's campaign manager and some of his advisors are talking about the wonderful people that Hillary and the far left are and how, how nice they are and what's the best way for us to get along with them. I, no, they're probably talking about them with fairly unflattering language as well. Um, some of these things struck close to home because I, one of the emails that's making its way around uh, my, my circle of Catholic friends is the, the email that he wrote about conservative Catholicism and it, I think to me it, it sort of demonstrates the I way that seen we're that one. seen that one. Uh, well, yeah, and, and it's but it just demonstrates to me that we're 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 so willing to pick and choose out of things what's what what's in there, you know. For so they're saying that what he said applied to all of Catholicism, right? That's the way it's being portrayed. But in the very subject, I mean, the very header of the whole thing is conservative Catholicism. They're talking about a very specific brand of Catholicism. Um, and, and I just wasn't that upset about it. I just wasn't that shocked by it. You know? Yes. of Obviously they think they disagree with the Catholic church's teachings on, uh, gay marriage. And they, they, they talked about, you know, our backward lots, lots
1: of other things I would imagine. Or yeah. Our, important. our backward
0: gender bending views or whatever. Um, but I, I just don't see this as some sort of horrible, damning thing. You know, shocking. The campaign manager for Hillary Clinton disagrees with conservative conservative Catholics. I am not surprised by this in any way, shape, or form. Nor did I find his... A lot of people were saying, imagine if he had said these things about Muslims. Well, I imagine that they probably do say those sorts of things about Muslims when it comes to terms of how Muslims treat, uh, homosexuals or how Muslims treat, uh, uh women, uh, I think, I think they probably have. So I, I haven't, yeah. I wasn't horribly disturbed or shocked by these things.
1: Well, I mean, but did, did they follow did, do they chase all of that with, well, this is why we have to support Trump?
0: Not necessarily. Okay. A lot of them, this is, this is part of why I won't vote for either one. Uh, because that's that that's to the direction that most of my more level headed Catholic friends have gone. Most of them say we're not going to vote for either one. Now, I'm I'm considered on the liberal end of things because I've made it fairly clear that there's a strong chance that I will vote for Hillary. Um, and that I I think in one of my latest posts I stressed like, you know, let me be clear, I I think Hillary is a competent center left politician. Um, and most of my friends would drastically disagree with that statement.
1: Well, but that's because their idea of anything on the left is extreme. There is there is no center left to most of these people. Because if you can look at if you can look at Obama and Hillary and say that they are progressive crazies. Mm-hmm that they're liberal left-wing agenda nutbags then first of all you weren't paying attention to bernie at all that's point number one and point number two then there is then then there is no center left to you there is the conservative way or the highway There, there is conservative or nuts and that's all which is a shame you know but then I, but then again, I I know plenty of people on the left that, that have no concept of what it is to be center right either. So you know, I mm-hmm. I, I can't say that that's a problem of, of one side or t'other. Now um, one
0: thing one thing that I haven't amused by I'm not sure if this was a elite email or just elite transcript, but there was something about Hillary talking about how much she likes free trade. Uh, in in globalization in one of her speeches to banks. And a lot of people were were shout on the left, were shouting in Trump on the right because he's, Anti free trade, or populist, or whatever you want to call it, because he's
1: really Bernie disguised as a uh, I, yeah. I
0: can't even begin to whatever. Uh, but you know, they're all shouting about. Oh, look at this! She actually is pro free trade, and I'm just saying they're going. Yes, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of them who's at least maybe open to free trade. Uh,
1: well, I I think she is. I think she always was, but I think she had to oh, no, move a little bit left during the primary and then move a little bit back to the center during the... Why is this news, people?
0: Well, and I really hope... I really hope that all this TPP stuff for her is, you know, that she's said this thing where now she disapproves of it because of the way it ended and that she'll be able to get elected and change one or two things... And say, look, see, these were the things I didn't like. Now let's move forward uh, and, and be able to pass it. But unfortunately, a lot of my uh, Republican congressmen are, are anti it. And it's I, I had a fascinating exchange on Facebook where I, I commented that, um, you know, I felt like we've drifted from our core value. You know, I am pro-free trade, globalization, open borders. That's why I'm Republican. And one of my Republican friends responded... That's not what Republicans are for and never have been. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not then I'm, maybe I'm just mistaken about what being a Republican is. So I'm, I, I hope that they can figure out a way to get TPP passed. I hope we can figure out a way to get the, the, the free trade bill with the European union passed. I, I hope all of these things can happen, but in this particular political climate, I am nervous
1: one I would put money on the idea that that's the way it is with her that's one and two oh that uh, that's not what a republican is and not what her ever has been
0: yeah I I was fairly shocked by that but at the same time even if she does come forth it's not as if we don't have a a president who is pushing we, we have a democratic president pushing tpp and he can't get it through. And it's not just because the Republicans that he can't get it through. You know, his own people are against this. So I am very nervous about even if Hillary comes in and tries to get it through. And even if she has a Democratic Congress, I am I'm nervous about her ability to make it happen. But yeah, I, I she hope she's able to. With it.
1: But you know what? Hillary is good where Obama has struggled in a lot of cases, you know, which is with working with people when there's resistance. You know, I mean, she, I, I, you know, she managed to find ways to work with people immediately following her, her husband's incredibly divisive, you know, uh, uh, terms in office, you know, because it's not like she took a break and went into Congress. She went right into Congress Yeah, and earned a lot of praise for her ability to do that. So hopefully she'll bring that to the table. I hope Um, so. You know, I I don't know what, but on the on on the note, to to one thing to point out and two th- and one thing to ask. First of all, to to point out the real most interesting poll number that I saw this week is that Hillary and and Trump are running at a dead heat in Utah. After all of this, now the reason they're running in a dead heat in Utah is because very close to them they are at twenty six percent and twenty six percent. Very close to them is this Evan. McCullough, McMullen, whatever, whatever his last name, Evan, somebody or other who is still running, he's actually at 22% in Utah, uh, which I, again, fascinating. So it's, it's at least possible that Hillary Clinton could win Utah.
0: Now. Well, I don't find it surprising considering the way that two of Utah's most respected politicians have talked about Trump. You actually, know, he-
1: most of Utah's respected politicians, frankly, all of their senators And I think most, at least two of their representatives have bailed on it. Well, and one of them
0: refused to ever endorse. Yeah, was right there with Mitt, the junior one. He he refused to ever. I think I gave him a round of applause. So yeah,
1: yeah, I think he did too. But uh, no, I was. But but then again, you know what? No, there's not really any love for Gary Johnson. So I uh, all of this tanking. If if Trump continues to tank in the polls like this. Let's pretend that Hillary is so far ahead, it's barely possible to be believed by the time we get there. Are you going to vote for Gary Johnson or are you going to vote for this Evan dude? Is that even something you're considering?
0: Uh, the the Evan dude is not really on my radar. Uh, if I were to go with my traditional third party thing, I would go with whichever third party is farthest up in the polls, whoever that is, because I... I, my only goal with the third party is trying to get another voice. Uh, and that's what my goal has always been. I haven't necessarily really cared what their policies were. Uh, I voted for Nader. I voted for Johnson. Whatever it is, I'm going to vote for that group that has the best chance to reach that threshold to becoming a legitimate party. And right now, in general, I feel like that is still Johnson somehow, amazingly. Um And if Hillary is just crushing Trump, then I I would probably feel confident enough and and vote for the third party. But if it's, if it's close in any way, shape or form, I'm going to have a hard time voting for anyone, but Hillary.
1: Fair enough. Round of applause. Who you got?
0: I'm going to give a round of applause to the Syrian refugees who stopped a fellow refugee from planting a bomb. Uh, You know, they they, this has got to be just a horrible position for you know syrians to be in that they are being that the good people are being lumped in with these handful of of bad people uh terrorists who are trying to slip in through them um while at the same time any any refugee who goes against his own people has bound to be risking a stigma right it's like you know it's every in on every culture right whether you're a republican or a democrat or a catholic or what you're expected to kind of stick together right you have to back our nominee because he's our nominee and you know uh and and so i give them a, a giant round of applause for stepping up and and doing what's right and i i hope that many many more will follow in their steps so that people will uh begin to trust uh And allow more refugees into their country. Well said. Hashtag Muslims report things. Oh, gosh. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean it in any way, shape, or form like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was some guy who said, I had McDonald's for dinner. Hashtag Muslims report things. (laughs) Uh, but no, you're, you know, that's, but still, you know, that's, uh, you're right. That's, uh, that, that is a, it is a tough thing to do when it leads to something like that, when it's in the midst of something like that. And that's uh that's a very, it's a very cool story regardless. Um, my round of applause goes to again, actually, I think this is going to be twice. I've done it, but to Megan Kelly, uh, who has been standing up to the Donald on, nice. uh, on, 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 on Fox news. For months now and and got into a little Twitter war thing with uh, with uh, with 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 ferret head Sean Hannity uh, last week over, uh, you know, this whole thing. And uh, she effectively snidely sort of called him out on it. And then just within yesterday, both Megyn Kelly and the venerable Judge Knapp, who always has fun, little interesting legal conspiracy theories to throw Hillary Clinton in jail. Basically calling bullshit on all of the Republican outrage over uh, the re- media's covering of the Trump tapes and uh, calling bullshit on everyone who's going, well, we shouldn't be talking about this. And and them bringing up all of Bill Clinton's past transgressions and both of them pointing out that even the Paula Jones thing that he settled doesn't hold any water and this is something I hadn't really considered but they both said that that whole thing just sort of reeked of, of, uh, of paying, off, paying off a nuisance lawsuit, um, which I, I thought was, was an interesting point. I don't know if it's the truth. I have no idea what actually happened between uh, President Clinton and Paul Jones. I have no idea. But the bottom line, the two of them took a stance that was not in line, I'm sure, with, with, what, uh, with what Fox News has done over the years, and, and, and good for them. Uh, it's, it's, it's been good to see uh, it's been good to see them standing up to some of this stuff. So nicely done guys.
0: Absolutely. And I, that's one thing that I didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about with the debates was all of the, you know, Trump and his, uh, Bill Clinton's, uh, is a you know, sexually as a sexual predator as well stuff. Uh, and, and he really does. The thing with all that is he, he twists, he twisted everything, you know, one, you've got something like the Jones case, which was, it was settled out of court uh, and with no admission of guilt. So if you, sometimes you can sell out of court, but there's a, you put it, you're you're admitting guilt when you do it. With this, there was none of that. He paid her eight hundred fifty thousand dollars to just go away. There was no admission of guilt, uh, you know. And then the, with with Juanita, uh, you know, and, and with rape cases, it's always tough because we, you know we, this we hear all the time about how it can take women a long time to feel comfortable with coming out about this. And that's where all this stuff with with Bill Cosby comes into play. Uh, But the fact of the matter remains that, I mean, she denied it ever happened. I mean, it wasn't a matter of just that she was hesitant to come forward. She swore under oath in 1998 that it never happened. She denied it for years. So, uh, you know, I mean you you can try and make it out that look at all these shady things that he's done, but th- there's just not. And it's the same thing with Hillary. There's never solid proof. And as much as we want to witch hunt, as much as we want to try to spend things to make them look as bad as possible, there's never clear cut evidence. Um, with, with the exception of course, of him lying under oath.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and there isn't, and I, I do want to. I, I did mean to address this a little bit. The the thing that has been interesting to me about the Trump tapes is that that and the and the, the conservative response from a lot of conservatives, not all of them, but a lot of them, has been that, that they that Donald Trump basically nuked twenty five years of 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 conservative indignation over Bill Clinton and how horribly he. Was it, because they went around saying he was unfit because he was screwing around on Hillary for years, and well, y'all just nominated Donald Trump, so you can't be outraged over anything Bill Clinton did when he was in office anymore. I'm sorry, you can't. That's one. Two, the Juanita Broderick thing, man, that's tough because now she just she does seem extraordinarily sincere, but you know it 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 comes down to he said she said, and that's what's hard about it she feels like something happened and she needs to be hurt wants a chance to be heard. Then we hear you. We, we, we have heard it. The, the problem for her is that again, she has changed her story an awful lot. There have been times where she's made George Lucas look consistent. So it's, uh, you know, it's a difficult, it's just really, really hard, but you can't, they have been getting on Hillary this whole time for saying that, She believes rape victims should be heard. Sexual assault victims should be heard. But then why does she tamp down this stuff on Bill? Well, now they're coming back and going, well, why are we listening to the the women who came out at the New York Times and going after all of these people that are coming out now saying Trump sexually assaulted them? You can't have it both ways. You just can't.
0: Well, now, Um, obviously, the Trump response that's going to be, and y'all Democrats can't have it both ways either.
1: No, they can't. No, they cannot. And I question these days whether or not Bill Clinton would be elected in this climate. But the climate now is much different than it was even in the early 90s. You know, we like to act as though when we were 16, 17, 18, we were at the beginning of this this great enlightenment over sexual assault. No, we weren't. Because we didn't know what was going on in the working world and what it was like for adults at that point. People who were at the time at the, at the time that are, are the age we are now or the age we are now. We don't know what their lives were like. We don't know what that climate was. And it was very, very different. I don't know if Bill Clinton would be elected now. Probably not. Hell, probably not. But at the time, it was different. The other problem with, that you have with Clinton is that a lot of what came out about Clinton really didn't have to do with sexual assault. At the time, it had to do with him screwing around on his wife. And a lot of the arguments that I heard had to do with what goes on between from, from Democrats was this was between consenting adults. Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky, Jennifer Flowers, all of the other affairs. The other thing that I, that, that, that about this, and this is the last thing I want to say about Bill Clinton, that this constant comparison between Trump and Clinton, is that the one thing that came out of the Trump tapes that I, that I, I very much noticed was that a lot of what he said, it was more about, I can do this, and I can get away with it because of who I am. I'm famous. I'm Donald Trump. I can, you know, grab women and, and kiss them and whatever, you know, and, I, and and they'll let me do it because I'm famous. Maybe that's how Bill Clinton's inner monologue goes. I don't know. But what I do know is that what Trump was saying to me came from a place of entitlement, a place of power because of who I am and how famous I am. I can do whatever I want. At least in Clinton's case, women have been a problem for Bill since he was 16. When he didn't have anything, he was not powerful and he didn't have any money. The guy was dead broke. And this has been a thing since he was in high school. Any reasonable biography or or interview with people that have known him for years say that this was always a problem. And it was a problem when he was in high school. It was was a problem when he was in college when he was a broke lawyer, when he was running for, and, and right up until hell, probably right now. And it, it didn't, maybe it got to a place of power, but it didn't start there with him. And I think with Trump, a lot of this is about entitlement. And that's what bothers me that he's that he feels as though he can do whatever he wants to whomever he wants because of who he is.
0: Yeah. Trump, Trump's attitude about it does seem different now. Maybe that's just because Clinton is better at hiding His real attitude. And that may be, I don't know. You know, like Uh, I said,
1: maybe this is Bill Clinton's inner monologue and and, but we'll never know. You know, I, I have no idea. All right. WTF for me. My WTF is going to millennials whining over the reappearance of Al Gore. First of all, Al, thanks. It's good to see you again. You look great, nice and relaxed. I don't know where you've been hiding, buddy, but we're glad to have you back. I'm glad to have you back. Millennials. I've read like three or four different articles in the last two weeks. Going, really, this is how the Clinton campaign expects to get us to listen by bringing back this old guy? We're not going to pay any attention to him. Ah, this is so. She's just so clueless, bringing him back on the campaign trail like that's going to do anything. Shut up! Just shut up! Wait, you? mean you, you, you shut up! First of all, he's Al Gore. It's Al. Al's cool. I mean, you know, maybe he doesn't know who the chain smokers are and he doesn't listen to, you know, Mumford and Sons or whatever, but you kids are into these days, but still he's Al Gore. It's all right. She can bring him out. Stop it. Why is everything from millennials have to be about kissing your ass? If Hillary wants to get you to pay attention, then she's got to, she has to bend over and kiss your ass. Really? Shut up. Stop it. You know, you're going to vote for her. What are you going to do? Vote for Trump? Ugh. Um, I'm done. You can comment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I can, I don't know. How do you hate on Al Gore? I I'm sorry. I like, That's Al kind Gore. of like, yeah, I don't have any problems with this guy. He seems fairly stand up ish, pretty legitimate, you know? Uh, and, and I guess I could get, you know, the mocking in the sense of really, you think we're going to listen to this guy, but I'm sorry. You guys ride around Bernie Sanders. How the hell are we supposed to know who we're going to rally around? You know, like, (laughs) I I mean, I, yeah, sorry. You, You can't get mad at them for throwing out Al Gore when we spent so much time for being, because he's old and not hip, when we spent all that time fawning over a 75 year old white dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. Anywho, what about you? I will give my WTF to Tom Cotton. Uh, and and really, even to be honest, he didn't sound like he did something new. It just the the idea of him uh, <laughs> is, I guess, what I'm giving it to because it's it's making Trump mainstream. He pushes all the same stuff, you know, voted voted against, you know, pushes for voting against disaster relief funds and food stamps. Uh, you know, he's the guy who wrote the Iranian leaders warning them that a nuclear agreement would be struck down. Uh, he helped block a bipartisan criminal justice bill that would have given judges more flexibility in sentencing, but he does it without all of the BS Trump stuff. You know, he's a war vet, clean cut, well-spoken guy. And so suddenly... Trump is now mainstream. Uh, and, and I think for us as a party, this is a very disturbing thing. Um, but I, I think it was inevitable because this is this is what happens. I think we've I've already talked about this once before, that regardless of whether or not Trump wins, he's going to have a major effect on our party the same way that McGovern had a major effect on the democratic party the same way that barry goldwater had a major effect on the republican party and the ideas that they put forth while maybe considered wacky at the time went on to become the standards for their party and i am very concerned that the ideas that trump is pushing are going to become the standards of our party
1: yeah yeah um I, I, I think that I, I think that's already happened at least to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the conspiracy theory stuff, but a lot of this, a lot of these ideas, yeah, they're all they're all way out there. And there's a lot of talk. You know, I I did want to bring this up. You know, but one of the things about McGovern's deal, we talked about this at one point before that, yeah, the Democrats got got shellacked in the in the presidential race in in '72, but. Uh, But they actually picked up a couple of Senate seats that year because they had the wherewithal to do exactly what the Republican leadership is doing now, which is to just run away and all the money goes to the down-ballot races. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of counting of chickens lately and going, well, you know what? I'm pretty sure now the Democrats are going to get the Senate. And you know what? Now I I really think the House is in play now. I think we can try to. We can probably get the House if we really work at it. They're not going to get the House. And two, did you read that thing from the analysis from Vox about the gerrymandering that I sent you?
0: I think I, I glanced over it. I mean, the basic idea that we've done such an effective job of gerrymandering that there's no way they can win it until like 2030. Um, Well, and not just that, but how they did it
1: and what they saw, the opening that they saw
0: in 2010 with the census and the census
1: data to really redraw the lines and make all of that effectively impossible, Mm -hmm. you know, for the Democrats to pull off. So and I I think that it's going to, you know, a lot of this sort of, you know, like McCain liked to call it the wacko bird crap. Um, that has been I, I think it's already happened I think it's already there and I think it's already ingrained that's how you've got because Tom, Tom Cotton for all of his just uh, smarmy God he's awful uh, is not an anomaly you know he is right in that line there with Ted Cruz and Rubio who's not who's going to win uh, you know, they're all right there in McConnell who doesn't really care as long as he gets to still be the Senate majority leader. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think it's all right there. I think you're right on, but I think it's already happened. I don't, I don't think Trump's, uh, I don't think it was going to take Trump for it to happen. I think it already
0: has. So. And you think Trump is more a byproduct of it rather than a cause? Yes. Yeah,
1: okay. I, I think Trump is. I think that's, I, a, I,
0: that's potentially a reasonable statement.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think Trump is, is the idea, and actually Obama hit on this a little bit tonight. When you have all of these things that came out, that because the Republican leadership saw it as politically safe to not tamp down the birther stuff, to not censure... A representative who shouts at the president during the state of the union to not tamp out the birther thing, to not reject Donald Trump wholeheartedly, to not find a way to sort of subtly rebuke Sarah Palin or to stop Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton or not go after Tom Cotton for the letter that he wrote, which was completely out of line. They did that because it was politically safe. Just read everything Mitch McConnell said for the last like eight years. Mm -hmm. It was politically convenient to not tamp this stuff down. And by not tamping it down, it was allowed to grow. And I think the result is the results, the apex of it probably is Donald Trump. And I think that you're right. But I do think what you're right is that they're going to spend the next 10 years washing it out, whether or not it'll actually ever come out. I don't know. We'll see.
0: I don't know. I guess yeah. We'll see. I I am very concerned because as as I've said multiple times at this point, it's not just the leadership. You know, there are the Republican electorate is voting for these people. So some something has changed about our electorate, Um, and it's I I think it's going to be very dangerous for the Republican Party and their survival for the next ten years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. Anyway, you know, what we're not going to get to tonight. NATO NATO or the Russians. We're not going to get to any of that. We're 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 overtime. We're out. We're done. I think that's all we have. Have you, uh, I, 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 you know what I have, I have nothing else to add to this mess of, of negativity. So please, please, please take us out with something cool.
0: Something cool, uh, in the movie dangerous minds, Michelle Pfeiffer and the fun, comical, um, wisdom type person that the other older teacher that she looked to for advice, uh, we're talking about their favorite poets and he said, Dylan and Michelle Pfeiffer assumed he was talking about Dylan Thomas. And he laughs and says, no, Bob Dylan. And it was this comedic, ha, 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 you know, Bob Dylan, the poet. Uh, And now Bob Dylan has won the Nobel Prize for Literature. And I think that is very cool uh, that we are able to recognize uh, the, the beauty and the poetry that can be found in the lyrics of our songs.
1: Amen to that. Yeah, that was that was pretty neat, wasn't it? It is very much so. So, all right. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please come back and see us next week. And find us on Twitter. I'm at LibCon Matt. Tim is LibCon Tim. Uh, have a pleasant, pleasant week, and we'll talk to you soon.